Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon on a Selection Sunday, Michael Rogner. It's Selection Sunday and for golf fans out there, which y'all, longtime listeners of, of this podcast would know that both of us are, are golf fans. Selection Sunday and PGA Championship Sunday and lose an hour of sleep Sunday as we go back to the awful daylight savings time. Um, so lots of, lots of stuff going on. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We got... Uh... You know, Florida State is obviously not involved with Selection Sunday. They're also they've got no players in the in the players' championship. So it's kind of a, a Florida State free day, but but yeah, still exciting sports day. There are I, my wife sent me an article. Um, the Academy Awards are also today, and uh, there are apparently five FSU alumni who have uh, a very strong connection to, or producer, or whatever writer on on a movie that is up for an award. The Academy Awards, I guess, three of the animated films, and then also the uh, is it like everything, everywhere, all the time movie? Not, I haven't seen it, but no. Um, yeah, so th- there you go. If you want to see FSU alumni doing something, tune into the uh, self-congratulatory award show being hosted later tonight uh, yeah. with the Academy Awards. So, um, are are you watching the P? We're actually recording during the PGA. You have it on like another screen or something. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, as we speak, Scotty Scheffler is is kind of in control, but Ter- Terrell Hatton made a, made a late run, and he's in the clubhouse two shots back. So we'll see. I am really happy. He's not in the top five or 10 or anything, but I am really happy to see uh, Ricky Fowler kind of like mm-hmm. coming back and, and just making it back from, I don't know, an awful mental case of the yips or whatever, like a multi-year case of the yips and Jason day kind of coming yep. back too. Uh-huh. I'm pleased. I'm pleased. I'm hoping the masters should be good. I think it'll be a good, good tournament. Absolutely. Um, When it, so Let's talk a little bit about uh, Florida State's final game. The season ended. The, se- the season mercifully came to an end on a foul with .02 seconds left. And and I feel like that is a really appropriate way for, for Florida State to lose. An offensive rebound uh, mm-hmm. is a really appropriate way for Florida State to, to have its final or its season come to an end. What did you think of the Georgia Tech game, Michael? Well, I kind of asked jokingly in the game thread if it was okay to root for Georgia Tech. Um, some people didn't take that too kindly, but but that's sort of where I was at on the season is, is let's just get this thing over with so that we can get on to something interesting like, you know, does Ham keep his job? What sort of transfers do we get? Um, the game itself, you know, it was 
It was, you know, pretty. They played well at stretches. Yeah, they did play well at stretches, which was nice to see. the The last shot that we had, I thought, was great. You know, wide open three for Darren Green. Mm-hmm. I did not. Mm-hmm. I was not thrilled that we did not try to go two for one. Not that I was surprised at all. Uh, but we got the ball back with like a minute and didn't even, you know, attempt a, a two for one. Yeah. Which yeah. And it was tied out, at that point, right? Yeah, it was sixty to sixty. So yeah, turns out right. turns out kind of a bad kind of a bad thing so yeah between that and the the game against clemson where we fouled i, I like that we fouled but fouled way way too early yep. uh was wasn't a good year for in game yeah. situations and then you throw in all the two foul speaking of the game thread i was joking with some folks what okay so we have the series of sprained ankles in the georgia tech game which again very appropriate for the seasons mm-hmm. just like oh why don't we just have a few more injuries that because we hadn't seen enough of those um and and i asked in the game thread you know if if we had so many injuries that we were only down to five scholarship players would hamilton still sit one of them if he got two fouls and I thought uh, I can't remember who asked it, but one, some, one of our uh, longtime commenters uh, asked like, well, who is it? Yeah. Like <laughs> Chandler Jackson. Yeah. He probably said some, he probably, yeah, he's yeah. probably rolling four. <laughs> Chandler Jackson gets that second foul. Um, so I thought that was, that was some good stuff. We, we actually did have more than five scholarship players. So that was, that was a plus, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, looking, I'm looking actually at our two foul participation. Just uh, I, I haven't checked it out. We were through. We finished 307th yeah. in the country, which is way higher than usual because usually we're we're right around 350. Yeah, or how many ever teams there are, we're we're that team. Yeah, um, but we we're all the way up to 307 this year because it's because I guess because of the injuries. Because yeah, because of the injuries. So yeah. so yeah, so between the Clemson game and not going two for one here and the two foul participation, I don't know if I would say that we are really living into the metrics the same way mm-hmm. that uh, Mike Norble does, for instance, with his fourth down math. Although if you've seen anything lately about that, I found it interesting that we go for th- fourth down last year florida state football went for it on fourth down i think more than anyone else in the acc or close to more uh which is great hey that's what the math says math would say play flat players with two fouls too uh ironically we actually didn't convert <laughs> i think we were like last in the acc at converting uh fourth fourth down so i don't know both both sports maybe need to uh figure some stuff out there but um speaking of chandler jackson who has not played with two fouls at all this year. Uh, I thought he continued to look nice. He continues to make strides. And you're thinking to yourself, we got yourself a real, a real basketball player here. And Cam Corrin, I mean, that's a pretty nice freshman combination from what I saw. Let's call it in the last five games of the season. Yeah. Chandler. I remember when we were, when he first committed and I said that if he stays here four years, he's like a, a, jersey in the rafters kind of player and first half of the season it was like okay well that was a really bad bad thing well, to say but he did yeah i did have a thumb injury but i think we really saw how he could be valuable in the future as that big guard who can post up smaller guards you know they use him quite a bit in the post you know the similar same way that they use terrence Mann. um and it's it's uh and he ended up shooting what, like thirty eight percent from three. Well, you know, that's people. actually what I was gonna say. Yeah. I did not expect 
I mean, Cam or Chandler had a very similar uh, profile to Trent Forrest coming in as like a, a phenomenal high school scorer and leader. I think I think both Trent and Chandler might have won, you know, Mr. Basketball in their state. Chandler was Tennessee. Trent like led their team to a state title their senior year, and they were prolific scorers, but not necessarily shooters. Right. And and I you know you'd think like well like most Florida State players under under Stan Jones that'll that'll come in time. I mean he he made twelve of thirty two, uh, which and and again he played only I don't know I'm trying to look at the number here. He only played twenty seven percent of our minutes, so twelve of thirty two is not a bad number at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you go to Trent Forrest, uh, Trent Forrest's it took him till his senior year to make his 12th three. He was one of eight his freshman year, three of 14 his sophomore year, seven of 30 his junior year. He finally made his 12th career three during his senior year when he kind of had a a 16 for 57 sort of outburst. But I mean, so Chandler Jackson's already a a much more effective three point shooter mm-hmm. than Trent Forrest, and if he can kind of grow the leadership and the playmaking, that some I mean, you're talking about a pretty pretty nice piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's physically imposing in in a different way than Trent was. You know, Trent was kind of long and and super disruptive, and Chandler's just beefy and and can you know bully people. So it, it's great to have that in in your point guard. And then you you also mentioned Cam Corin, and I think he's the the sort of the quiet, uh, uh, you know, really encouraging thing to happen this season is he wasn't supposed to play very much at all. And he got forced into playing. And it turns out that by the end of the season, he was really good. And I think that, you know, if he's here next year, then he, him and Chandler could could be a really fantastic sophomore duo. And if, you know, if we're throwing it out there, you know, the, the two of them with Baba, then you got three really good sophomores and that's something you can build around. Yeah. Yeah, Corin, uh, our most our most efficient offensive player on the team by the metric offensive rating. He he was the most efficient. Uh, he's also the best offensive rebounder. It actually might be Cameron Fletcher, but he only played ten games, unfortunately, with injuries, and so it's hard to really uh, measure that. But Cam Corin, of the people that played the bulk of the season, um, the best offensive rebounder, and you know, surprise, you know, for a big man, he shot seventy nine percent from the free throw line. So, uh, that, and he got there a, a good amount. Mm. So that's, that's, those are all for a freshman, really nice things. Um, I was talking with Max and a few people at the, um, uh, Chris over at, uh, 247. Um, you know, he, he kind of, he, he does not have the explosiveness and he does not have the length, but if you look at the skill set that Bam out of Bayou has for the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. If, if people who who like the Heat, he, you know, Bam was an All-American at Kentucky. The skill set, the ability to pass out of the post, the ability to shoot a three, the ability to knock down free throws, the ability to get um to kind of defend multiple positions. He he is a less explosive, he's a non-lotto pick, <laughs> Bam mm-hmm. out of Bayou. Like yeah. and, and so that, you know, you could do worse than have, you know, that probably means he can't go pro right now or maybe even next year because he doesn't quite have the same kind of length mm-hmm. and explosiveness that it's almost a prerequisite to defend in the NBA. So um, yeah, maybe you have a couple guys who stayed for two, three years, particularly if you can find some NIL money for them. 
Absolutely. And, and he is, uh, I think going to rely on, you know, shooting is his path to the NBA and he just, it, it looks, his shot looks good, but he's clearly not there. You know, same, same thing can be said for Baba. Like his shot looks good, but it's, but he's clearly not consistent in any, in any way. Um, so those are, those are their, you know, those things that they really need to work on. But then Corin is also that center that, you know, we've been complaining in recent years that Ham is recruiting guys who just don't fit the system. Mm-hmm. And and Cam's Corn's the you know the center that we need if we are going to play. You know, if we're truly going to switch one through five and commit to that, you know, you need you need someone like Corn in the middle. You do, you do, and and his shot's not there. I mean, he's a freshman that, like you said, wasn't even expected to necessarily play forty percent of our minutes. He almost played sixty percent of the minutes. But uh, I had a I had a Golden State scout that I sat new next time ne- sat next to one time uh, picking his brain a bit and he said the most um, the most predictive stat to see if a guy who's young we're not talking about twenty eight year olds we're talking about 18, 19, 20 year olds the most predictive stat on can they develop a three pointer is can they shoot free throws yeah. uh, and Cam Corn you know and that was really last year Matthew Cleveland that, that was why last year Matthew Cleveland was an undraftable prospect mm-hmm. because NBA teams are looking at well not only is he not making threes he's not even shooting free throws um Cam Corn's 80% so yeah. while he is only 29 30% from 3 right now you know that according to one NBA scout or probably more than that um that at least is something that they would they would look at and they would say we think we can at least develop a shot like there. Mm-hmm. Now again, he maybe doesn't have the athleticism, but I would say that Stan Jones is seeing the same thing that this is a kid yeah. who can develop that shot because look at his free throw stroke. Yeah, and you mentioned he played sixty percent of the minutes, which is more than Snare, more than Scotty Barnes, more than Patrick Williams, you know, more than Jason Rich, more than Aaron Thomas, MJ Walker, Terrence Mann. Like he he played a lot as a freshman and. And there's only four in Ham's tenure that have played more as a freshman. So more than Jason Rich surprises me because that guy was not, he didn't come into a talented loaded Mm -hmm. team and he was a pretty good talent. That surprises me. Wow. That's a good stat. So uh, what Isaac probably played. Isaac's the exact played the exact same number of minutes. Yeah. Um, XRM Uh, bacon, bacon and bacon's buddy was Beasley. Yeah. And again, they came into a very a not good team, yeah. right? So XRM, Isaac Bacon, and Beasley were the only ones that that didn't play. That played more minutes. Um, Isaac played the same amount. Chris Singleton played played more. Oh, Chris Singleton. Well, yeah, yeah he's maybe the most college ready freshman <laughs> yeah. we've brought ever. in ever. Yeah, I mean that dude yeah. was like the best defensive player as soon as he stepped foot stepped foot on campus. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, good. Well, I really, I mean, so so what we're saying here is is that. Winning nine games on the season is not good. <laughs> but Chandler Jackson and Cam Corin came out of there like the, the last part of the season. I think that is a that is a, a at least some guys you can build off of. I know Jalen Worley takes a lot of heat on the socials and the media, the, the boards and stuff. I don't know. I I thought that after Fletcher went down, personally, I thought Worley was our most disruptive defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the stats back that up with his steal rate with just, if you track deflections and stuff, I mean, he just was our most, now maybe that says something about our team that Jalen Worley was our most disruptive defender, but, uh, I, I, I think there's a role for him on the team for sure. I would, I would want him to be a part of that. And I think that Darren green 
my guess is you would see him shoot a lot like he did the first half of the year uh, if he wasn't playing. Uh, let me look here just to get it. 85% of our minutes for the season. So my guess is, is you would see the shooting numbers on Darren Green a lot higher if he played 65% of the minutes. Right. And maybe he doesn't foul and with 2.2 seconds left against Georgia Tech if he's not tired or make a total brain fart against uh, Clemson and foul way too early on the. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, when you're tired, you make bad decisions. Speaking of bad decisions and being tired. So after UCF, which was on November 11th, I think you and I both predicted that FSU would win at most eight games hmm. and they won, they won nine. So good job. It was it was that miraculous win against the regular season ACC co-champs Miami yep. down there coming back from the greatest deficit of all time in ACC. How do you like that, Hurricanes? <laughs> <laughs> you got us our ninth win. <laughs> oh man, they're they're if they're healthy, which is an if right now, they're gonna they have a team built for March. Maybe we'll talk about that in the second half. Yeah um so okay so we lost great we didn't even make it to the like real part of the acc tournament we lost in the in the play-in round um we wouldn't have won another game anyways because we had baba and matthew cleveland both injure their ankles that was neat that was a real good one um duke by far the most talented team in the ACC finally was able to do to go and win an ACC yeah. tournament. Good for them. Um, that's that's great to see the team with all the five stars actually. You know, I think were they fourth in the regular season, but hey, five stars are five stars, so yeah. good for them. Uh, and actually, again, maybe we're pre- uh, previewing a later segment, but I would I would definitely say that if you want to take a team out of the ACC a little deep in the tournament, they they are playing very well right now. Um, and then, and then Michael, the question turned to, so would, would Hamilton, was that Hamilton's last game? And if you asked me when the Georgia Tech game ended, I would have said, you know, it might've been, it might've been, I, you know, at least 50% chance, like, I, you know, very well could be. And what happened over the next few days was Jim Beheim got frizz. Refired re- re- or or retired, re- resigned, fired. I, I, I don't know. Um, classic Jim Beheim style. Uh, Josh Pastner got fired from Georgia Tech. Uh, we already knew that Mike Bray at Notre Dame was out, and and there were a number of other coaches around the Southeast and and sort of like at our level, maybe Wichita State. Which yes, Wichita State is at our level. Um, like got rid of their coach. And so there's been a lot of coaching, you know, m- announcements made and, and Florida state wasn't one of them. What, what do you, what, what do you think now, if I asked you, do you think ham coaches next year? I do. I think that they would have already made the announcement were he not. And we've covered this ad nauseum I, in, in the past. I think that it's a financial decision for Florida state. I mean, granted, Ham is a Hall of Fame coach. I don't want to take anything away from him. So is Jim Beheim. So is Jim Beheim. But at some point, uh, at some point this season, it became totally clear that Ham was not interested in winning games with his team. And I don't know that you how long you can keep a coach around that has that that kind of attitude. And he's also saying things like, you know, as long as I can walk from the 
from the locker room to the bench, then I'm going to stay here. And it's like, well, you know, it's not your decision on whether or not you get to stay here or not. Uh, you're making millions of dollars to win games. And, and we've had two disastrous seasons in a row. But with that said, Florida State is not in a financial position to be paying two head football coaches and two head basketball coaches, which they would have to do if they fired him. So I think I think it's a financial decision. Um, if it weren't a financial decision, I think it's probably a 50-50 call for the for the athletic director. But I think with because of the finances, it's it's from where I sit a relatively easy call to bring him back for next year. And if and if the, he does get fired after this airs, I will be really really surprised. I I think you might be onto something there. I mean, you're a smart guy, so I I don't say that in a way in a way of like, oh my god, I think you might be onto something. <laughs> wow. Um, but. The paying the two football coaches is big because isn't next year the last year that we're paying two football coaches? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, as someone who actually went from two to six season tickets in football this year, this coming year, because of friends of mine that are like, Hey, can, can, I know you already have tickets and can we use your account? Like, can we get tickets and stuff? My guess is, is that the athletic department is going to make a lot of money in the next Mm -hmm. eight months. I, I think that, you're going to see the, the city is too. You're, you're going to see some jammed packed home games for the football stadium. You're going to see if, if they're success, if they come out and beat LSU again, or, or gosh, beat LSU and then Clemson early on, you're going to see more donations. You're going to see a real uptick in some success there. You then take a, a coach off the books, the football, the taggers. And I, and I do think that you might be onto something there where all of a sudden your your ability to pay a buyout to go and get a better name coach in March of of or April of 2024 is a lot higher than it is right yeah. now. Like just a lot. I mean, just that's what it is. You you go from maybe being able to pay a two to three million dollar buyout to six eight million dollar buyout, ten million dollar buyout if if you have the kind of football season that you're thinking about. Yeah, and then for people who don't pay attention, Ham makes two point two five million, and the going rate to hire a mid-major coach is three million. So yeah. he's he's already well under, you know, what you would expect someone like of, of his stature to be making. Um, and so when Florida State does make that commitment, they've got to be able to to not only you know attract the right coach, but be able to pay them significantly more than they're paying Ham. I mean, we already saw what happened with Dennis Gates, you know, over at Missouri where. He signed a contract where he was making a little under three million a year, and then he got bumped up um, after one season at Missouri. So, yeah, for any of y'all who were holding that hope that it would be Dennis Gates at FSU, uh, his buyout is now twenty five million dollars. Yeah. So that you can stop, you can breathe on that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and his and his salary, just his salary is four million. So. Yeah. So let's put a guy who who. By the way, I'm probably rooting for Missouri in the NCAA tournament. Mm, they may be my team that I adopt. Uh, they play like Florida State played for most of the 20 teens. Um, a guy who I like Dennis Gates a lot as a as a coach and also just a. I mean, he was always willing to answer my questions uh, at games. He's never won an NCAA tournament game. I just want to put that out there. He has not. Maybe Thursday or Friday that changes. He has never won an NCAA tournament game. He is making almost double the amount Leonard Hamilton Mm -hmm. is making because Leonard Hamilton has been willing to kind of be on a discount salary, knowing his age is not, it's not like a stepping stone for him. He's willing to put that into some other, you know, his assistants and stuff. Uh, And that's not going to happen 
unless you go out and get a guy like Jim Laranega, like when Miami did it, you just, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, what are you going to do? Right. 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 Yeah. You hire, you hire the old, the old guy who's going to retire or you spend a shitload of money on a, on a new young coach. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, next year, I mean, you would presume that next year, then you're not competing with Georgia tech for a coaching hire who, I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. our recruiting ground right yep. there. You're not competing with Notre Dame in conference for a coaching hire. You're not competing with Mississippi state. Is it Mississippi? No, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is hiring. I think Chris Beard mm-hmm. probably yeah. You're not competing with Ole Miss for, for a job. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's maybe just a better year. You're not competing with Texas tech. Mm-hmm. All those teams right now, all those can outspend us. Yeah. And G- Georgia and LSU will probably not move on next year. Say they're, they have bad seasons again next year. Yeah. They're probably not going to move on on those coaches after just two seasons. So those are Florida won't move on. Yeah. Florida won't move on. So there's some big name Southern schools that will not be hiring coaches. Alabama is not going to be in the market. Right. Right. Uh, Nate Oates probably just earned himself a lifetime contract. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Auburn, maybe Auburn, but yeah. you know, so, I mean, I, it just, I think, all that is to say, I think you might be onto something. And I think next year for a variety of reasons, none the least of which is we've got Taylor Bowen coming in who wants to play for coach Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he might be our most disruptive defender when he sets foot on campus. Yep. I, I think that I, I think if, if, if Alfred called into this podcast and said, what do you guys think? I think I'd say, keep him another year. Yeah. Did, did you give him a, did you give him our phone number? Is he? Yeah, well, I sent him a Zoom link. I think he's gonna. Okay. I think he said he was watching the golf, yeah. and he's gonna be. Uh... Yeah, so stay tuned, people. We may be talking to the Florida State athletic director here any minute. Yeah, yeah. That in the second segment. In the second yeah. segment. Um, yeah. So, I think that about covers maybe the first half. Uh, well, I mean, let me ask you this: Is there any other coach? Are is there a coach that if you were to be shocked and Hamilton decided he was going to retire, maybe? Um, is there someone out there that you'd be looking at or maybe is that a, is that a, let's pot about that when we, when we get there? Yeah. I mean, my, my first call, if I'm the athletic director is to, to Kellen Sampson's who's, who's Kelvin Sampson's son and is the assistant or the, whatever they call the, the associate head coach at, at Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's, I think it's a total no brainer that he's going to if he wants to, he's going to be coaching at a high major sometime in the next two years. And, and if we, if you have the ability to get him, then you get him. Um, other than that, Dusty you know, May down at FAU. Yeah. There's all those guys that are going to have good years that, that say the right things that, that are keep up on modern basketball and run modern offenses. And, and, but you just never know how any of those mid-major guys are going to, are going to fare once they get to a high major. And so I wonder, do you, is it better to target an assistant at a big time program as opposed to uh, someone who's proven themselves at a mid-major program? I don't, you know, there's probably not enough data out there to say one way or the other, but I'm leaning towards let's go for an assistant from a, from a, you know, really good program. I, I think that's interesting. What about an assistant from the NBA? 
Yeah. What about an assistant class? from the NBA who maybe played at Florida State? Right. Yeah. He's hey, he could also call in. He lives right down the road from me, so maybe he'll. Uh, Actually, he'll... I that might be a guy that we could get yeah. on the on the show. Uh, now he's been part of a great turnaround at Sacramento, mm-hmm. so yep. might have to wait until after the NBA playoffs to get him on the show. Last time I had a conversation with Luke was last year when he was in town for they were celebrating the 2012 um, mm-hmm. championship team uh, at, at at a basketball game, but. Yeah, he he has done a great job and got his buddy David Dulkey's a job mm-hmm. out there too. So I I would put him in the mix. Um yeah, it'll be interesting. All right. Let's go to break. And then when we come back from the break, we'll do the thing that you're supposed to do on Selection Sunday, which is talk about the NCAA tournament. Okay. We the first segment we kind of touched on Florida State and losing again for the year (laughs) and then uh but some positive developments from some of the freshmen from uh maybe the younger guys on the team which is to say the team and uh and then thoughts on just hamilton coaching change and and both michael and i agreed that it seems like if it hasn't been made yet the decision that maybe it's the decision is to stay which is probably a good thing for another year and so uh, that leads us into the NCAA tournament. If you wanted a segue, I can tell you that every single uh, member of the FSU coaching staff will likely find themselves at at a regional or or at the Final Four. Um, I, this is a great way to find guys who might be transfers. This is a great way to talk to other coaches. Um, and so I imagine that Florida State will have a, a high presence there. Um, but before maybe we talk about that, what, what are your thoughts, Michael? Let, like maybe someone is listening to this podcast thinking I just might get something that'll help me fill out my my bracket of shame. Uh, what about, what do you got? What, who's your tight Without seeing any brackets, which will be released in a couple uh, hours, who are the best three or four teams? Well, if you look at um, teams that have done well in the tournament, have made the final four. So the last 80 final four teams, um, so that's the last 20 years. Uh, half of them have had a top 10 offense heading into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it pays to be able to score. And if you look at those teams, there's some weird ones this year because there's there's some teams with really good offenses that cannot play defense like Toledo um, and Iowa. And so maybe they're not a great pick. But if you look at Arizona, um, I hate to even say Gonzaga because everybody thinks they're going to lose. Um, but Gonzaga, Purdue, um, UConn, I think. Is, I think UConn could I, be a team. I think you UConn, know they're going to play the whole the whole region will probably be up in in Albany and then Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah, I would I would pick UConn. Probably UConn and and Arizona would be my 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 safe teams to pick without seeing a without seeing a bracket. Arizona beat uh, UCLA last night. It's a you know like two o'clock in the morning in a in a total grinder of a game. Um, and they've they've been kind of they're kind of like Duke in that they have struggled maybe against teams that they shouldn't have, but it seems like they're playing good basketball at the right time, and they have they have stars who can who can carry a team. You know who else has a top ten offense is Missouri. Yes, Dennis Now a lot of that is is off of turnovers. You know, surprise, surprise, Dennis Gates is running a system that is turning teams over at a very high clip, and then they are turning those turnovers into points. But they also have Kobe Brown, who is a really, 
I mean, it would be like if Biondu Cabangeli stayed for like yeah. his junior, junior, senior season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fun to watch, and and he's another one of those guys that that he he it's not gonna he's not gonna remind anybody of Cam Corin, but we could put him in the middle of a switching defense, and he he would be great. And then Demoy Hodge, who would have played at Florida State had Dennis Gates not left, he he followed Dennis Gates to Cleveland State. Um, is just a, a sharpshooter and super fun to watch. And, and boy, that three and he, he hit at the end of the first half against out uh-huh. like what, caught it falling out of bounds right before the buzzer went off. He, that was just a just great body control. Yeah. Really good player. And then they also have Nick Honor, who's five ten, who would never ever play at Florida State. So it's interesting to see that Dennis Gates is not totally committed to 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 length. Yeah, uh, I'll have a stat for you for if folks are interested in, in these, you know, kind of random stats that help you fill out your bracket. Every single national champion since 1993, every single one of them made at least their conference tournament semifinal. There isn't a national huh. champ since 1993 that didn't make their conference tournament semifinal. Uh, so for this year, some of those same teams that we just talked about, uh, Arizona, UConn, Purdue, uh, Houston, Xavier, Mizzou is in that list. You've also got um, though the so Duke, Bama, Texas, uh, Kansas, of course, uh, well, they're in their conference tournament semis or finals every year. Uh, Indiana, Miami, Virginia, TCU. So there's some other teams there that maybe if you're thinking about a stat mm-hmm. that'll help you do something. TCU is interesting because they've been extremely good when Mike Miles is healthy and not good at all when he is not. So that might be something to to watch. Yeah. Um. What about coming out of the ACC, Michael? Is I mean, so Duke just won the tournament. Miami's been pretty good this year. UVA has always got a weird defense to prep for on a short, if you're not familiar with it. Frankly, Florida State usually tears it apart, but if you're not familiar with it, it can be tricky. Anything mm-hmm. from the ACC? Yeah, you know, the, the you know, sticking with the with the statistical approach, you, you, you do not win tournaments, NCAA tournaments, without multiple first-round draft picks. Hmm. Um, and Duke would be the team from, from ACC that has multiple – uh, first round draft picks at least i would assume that they do i don't really follow the mock drafts but they have they filipowski have is for sure yeah. a first rounder i imagine lively would be not a lotto pick but just because of his rim protection like you just can't find that kind of rim protection right. everywhere so that's probably at least two and then you know proctor maybe proctor or, or yeah. whitehead could sink yeah. in there mm-hmm. so yeah virginia virginia's good but they don't they do not have the talent. I think that it's going to got Gardner. Them. Yeah. And that's, but even, even if you look at their 2019 team, I mean, they had, they had the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah. You know, the, the team that won the tourney. Yeah. And DeAndre then, Hunter. Yeah. And, and, and they also had Ty Drum. Yeah. Yeah. They had three draft picks on that team. Didn't, didn't UVA just have an injury? Am I, uh, they did uh, to the mustache dude. Um, mm, their rebounding presence. Yeah, and he can shoot, and I think he's he's kind of key to their small ball offense. Mm. Um, ben Vanderplas, he's a, that's right. Yeah, he's a transfer. He can he can stretch a defense. He came over from Ohio. He's tough. He's you know he's typical Virginia guy, um, and he's got offensive skills that Caden Shedrick does not. Caden Shedrick does not have. So maybe um, fade UVA if they're in a tricky second round or or against one of those. 
upstart uh, teams. Speaking of upstart teams, I mentioned Dusty May earlier. I had no idea until we were prepping for this podcast that Florida Atlantic is the 25th best team in Ken Palm. I mean, they're 31 and three. They whooped UF earlier this year. Um, I mean, they would beat the shit out of Florida State. Let's just oh, yeah. put that out uh-huh. on the table. That we would, they're basically a, a huge center and a team of guards. We would have no chance containing their guards off the dribble. Um, I, I really haven't watched, I, I did actually catch a little of that UF game. I haven't watched them play a whole lot though, but I don't know. Can FAU make a run? They're 31 and three. Yeah. I mean, it depends on, on, the bracket obviously you know that's that's the thing but teams that are used to winning are really hard to beat you know it's once you've won 31 games like you're you're going into whatever arena they're going to be in with a shitload of confidence and they are convinced that they can beat somebody and they're likely going to get matched up against some crap middling high major yeah Yeah, some acc team that that finished in fifth place or something right right are not used to winning they play pit or something like that uh you know yeah, so I, I like those those teams to win early and just but just not go very far. Oh well, and FAU can do another thing that helps you in March, which is shoot the absolute yep. net off the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a guy too. If if you're interested in watching the NCAA tournament for transfers, which which I like to do, I don't know a whole lot of them yet, but you know by by the second weekend you can start to maybe pick some out. Um, John L. Davis is a guy though that's been on the radar or on my radar, at least for, for a few months now, he's a big, strong kind of wing guard wing ish guy. I mean, I think he plays the three, four in their system, but it's really because they're a four out one in. Um, but I mean, 40% from three, six, four, 200 pounds, really good rebounder. <laughs> that sounds like someone who would be a fit in a Leonard Hamilton system. <laughs> Yeah, turn on the 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 playing games, which I hate. You know the the sixteen versus sixteen that they do in in uh, mm-hmm, Dayton, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you're going to see somebody who would start for Florida State right now. Yeah, yeah. So that that could be interesting. Um, yeah. So it, can I be a whiny bitch for a second? <laughs> Why not? I hope Alabama loses really early. Yeah. I, I I am I'll admit it. I am so butthurt and jealous. Their team reminds me a lot of our Devin Vassell, Patrick Williams, Trent, Trent Forrest, COVID, the team that didn't get it that was going to be a, a yep. two seed, probably. Um, maybe a one if we won the ACC tournament, yep. which I think we would have. And and by the way, Alabama gets to play in Birmingham mm-hmm. and then and then go to, I think it would be Houston's the final four, right? Which is not that far away. And then, you know, that's Florida State that year would have been in Orlando and then gone to Atlanta for the final four. They they have shooters on the court. They have a superstar freshman like FSU was starting to see with, with uh, Patrick Williams. They have multiple lotto picks. They have a gritty good leader point guard and Javon Quinterly, which was our Trent Forrest. And I'm really just jealous that that fan base gets to see their once in a generation team go and, and play. And we didn't, and I, I'm having a hard time, like rectify, like reconciling that. So I really hope they lose like the first, well, they're not going to lose the first round. I hope they lose the second round. Is that bad? No, I, I hope they, I hope they lose 
And they killed somebody. To the 16 seed. Yeah, they got yeah, there. They killed somebody. <laughs> but he only played in six games. So, I mean, the guy the guy's in jail for murder. Um Yeah, you know, Alabama's not going to appreciate it. They're the fan base. They're used to winning everything. And so, exactly. of course, you know, do we really need them to have a great uh, a great run to the championship game in basketball all right. too? All right, let's let let's let Missouri be the be the SEC team we root for. I tell you what, though, Brandon Miller, so good. He is so good. It's if, unbelievable. If he was not born in the same year that Victor Wimbiana and Scoot Henderson, I mean, Brandon Miller is probably better than any number one pick in the last four or five years. I mean, he is so good. Unfortunately, there's this guy that's like seven four that dribbles like Kyrie, and I, I don't know. He's not going to be the number one pick. That's it's almost a foregone conclusion. But tell you what, in college, man, he I don't. It'll be the best player we've seen playing in the NCAA tournament. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't. I would need to look at maybe go back. Maybe since Jason Tatum, I, he's mm-hmm. a really really good basketball player. Yeah, he, it's. Definitely the best player that I've seen this year. Um, I mean, I know Zach Eadie's probably going to win player of the year mm-hmm. because his numbers are just stupid. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to think back. I mean, it's like there were years with like Luca Garzo was the best player in the NCAA and he's just Trey Young, maybe Josh Hart. Those are some really good, good college players, but he's better than, yeah, he's better than all. Dude, of them. He is really, really good. He is really yeah. good, man. Which is all the more frustrating. <laughs> so we hope you lose, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. I, I so there was, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe an inappropriate. Uh, who cares? Uh, the, is like he's really really good at setting his teammate up for shots. Uh, is <laughs> yeah. Know? Nobody's gonna be listening by this point in the podcast. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It's going way <laughs> off hill. All right. Well, so uh, there. If you're trying to fill out your bracket, those are some teams that um, I, I you know I would probably have picked UCLA if until they just had maybe their best defensive player get hurt for the yep. season, which is that's gosh. Now those are the kids you feel for. You've worked mm-hmm. this entire time and, and now you're hurt. I UCLA to me might've been, might've been it. And I don't think you can ever coach count out a bill self coach team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kansas who is the defending champ. So know that going in, right? Like not often that you actually get back to backs, but it yeah. happens. It happens. Yeah. I, I, I probably will pencil them in for the final four just because it's Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. I think they're a great choice to go to the final Mm -hmm. four. And then maybe if you want to mix it up and try to pick someone else to actually win your bracket, uh, because, because you can't just pick everything that everyone else has if you want to win. So, all right. Well, um, I'm going to watch those 16 versus 16s for transfers. I'm going to hope that, I don't know. Do we want John L Davis at FAU? You want them to have a good game to get some experience. You don't want them to go too far because then he thinks, why would I transfer? I can just stay here and make the Sweet 16. Um, yeah. Or, you don't want them to get hurt. You don't that's want, true. That's yeah. true. Um, I don't know that Florida State will be able to afford somebody that 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 who's that good. but That's true. He will probably get offers from yeah. Texas and Kentucky. So, mm-hmm. yeah, valid point there. Well, Maybe we'll have a good team again one day. Uh, <laughs> We've got football. Yeah. We need football to do really well so that we can take some, money, some money and yeah. roll it over. We need to get out. We need to go to the Big Ten is what we need to do. And then yeah. 
then we could afford some of these other things. Um, okay, Mike, it's been fun chatting with you. Maybe uh, I don't think we'll talk Florida State much until, I mean, until something happens, until we get some transfers or something like that. Maybe, though, we can come back and do a quick one, um, you know, before the Sweet 16 or something like that, uh, if, if there's some interest there. But um, I think the next the next real the next real thing for Florida State fans to look for is so so do we start seeing announcements first first of players leaving because mm-hmm. Hamilton has made it extremely clear that he is bringing in transfers that he has said that I'm bringing I'm fixing it I'll bring in transfers off the record he's kind of it seems like he already has guys in mind but so the first thing you need is to hear some guys leaving. Right. Because we don't have any open spots unless someone leaves. Right. We do not have any open spots, but the basketball porter portal works more slow, more slowly than the football portal. The football is just like everything happens in like a week and it's like, holy shit, all these new players. Um, Basketball, you know, tends to play out over, you know, a month or two. Um, So it'll we're going to see announcements of people not being back, but when that actually happens, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens while we're talking right now, or if it happens three right. weeks from now. Well, as Leonard told me walking out of the parking lot, uh, after whatever our last home game was, keep your eyes open. Yeah. So I guess, uh, keep your eyes open. It's been good chatting with you. Good luck on your bracket. And, uh, let's, let's watch the good end of the golf too. Sounds good. Bye.